Week 10 gave us six games that came down to walk-off field goal wins. What could Week 11 bring? I'll go out on a limb and say the Patriots won't lose. (laughs) We like to have fun here at The Push-Off. All right, everybody. Well, welcome to a new episode of the Push Off Podcast, your favorite weekly NFL show that discusses everything that happened last week. Well, gets you ready for the next. I'm your host, Scott Hogan, and joining us as always, it is... Dan, breaking imaginary bones right. That's right, Dan. We're here for uh, setting up for another week. We're just inching that way closer to playoffs. The playoff machine is now up and available on ESPN again. So, hey, it's time. It's time to put up or shut up. Uh, listen, both of our teams this week did a great job of putting up. They did. And you know that's fun. I had the rare, you know how my, I don't like to talk fantasy a lot in this. I had the rare trifecta. I won in both leagues, and the Cowboys kicked the shit out of people. No, and uh, you can't have a better weekend than that, honestly. It's a fun you know? weekend, yeah. I had a Injury good, free, good, good shit. Good. I know. I, I enjoyed my weekend too. Everything's so everything's sitting high, so uh it all must come crashing down soon is just what I expect. But um <laughs> what a wild year it's been so far. Um and like I said, this week itself was pretty wild in itself. Uh the games that we thought were going to be close, maybe not that close. 49ers Jags. <laughs> and the uh some of them that we thought were easily picked, um, not so much. So, yeah, we're going to get right into it. There's plenty to discuss, Dan, and, and uh, we love talking about these. So where I want to start this week is in the strongest, let's be honest, the strongest division in NFL this year, the AFC North. It's not a joke. I'm nope. serious. AFC yeah. North is probably the best. And right now, like as we're sitting here, all four teams qualify for the playoffs. Is that still the case? Uh, it is right now, yeah. Um, wow. That is going to change. It has to change. There is, I would be fucking shocked if all four of them made the playoffs. But there's probably going to be three. Yeah. I mean, looking at it, it's conservatively two, and probably three of those teams are going to make the playoffs. That's nuts. Dust got kicked up here this last weekend, and it's going to start to settle after this week. Let's get into it. I'll tell you what I mean. Browns beat the Ravens 33-31. to We didn't pick it. Didn't see it coming. Ravens look like they could have been the hottest team in the league heading into this game. And into in the, the first half, <laughs> they were. Yeah. Nine, 17 to 9 at half. I think they were up 17 to 3 at one point. Yeah. Um, dominated the start of this one. And then the Browns f- fought back. 17 to 24, Ravens in the fourth quarter. The muffed punt to start the fourth quarter that led to another two touchdown lead for the Ravens. There felt like should have been it, should have been enough. But fight back uh, for the Browns. 
touchdown immediately like two plays the tipped pass that's a pick six by Newsom. <laughs> the extra point not good by Hopkins this game had everything uh but they get it back and he uh makes up for it erases all that with the uh the field goal for the win I don't understand what the fuck happened on that last drive by the Ravens nine mm. plays I mean they were so fucking close like they were so close. I just don't understand why you allow. I mean, they were. I know they were at their own forty-one when they punted. I know that's not great, but like you gotta press the issue. Like this is a really, really good defense, and their Browns offense had been on fire uh, in the second half. Like I, I gotta. I mean, we gotta give a little credit. We've been really ripping Deshaun Watson validly for mm-hmm. most of the year. Mm-hmm. In the second half, he was fucking great. Yes. He was he was the guy that they traded for in the second half. Which we'll and, find out, yeah, I don't know how he did it, but okay. And I don't know where Lamar went. Like, Lamar just disappeared and stopped playing good ball, but he was not the only what I would consider top five quarterback in the league that did that this weekend. Yeah, very um, true. So, yeah, it's just weird. I mean, these Ravens at 7-3, and three, you cannot lose home games in division. Uh, this is going to come back to bite them. If not for the division, it's going to come back and bite them for positioning in the AFC. This was a team that looked like they were maybe the number one seed. Now we're talking about three to five. That's a huge shift with one week uh, of play, and this is a tough defense to play at home against the Browns. It's a it's a divisional game in the wildest division we've got right now. Uh, so I'm not trying to say like Ravens are in trouble here. I mean they still put up 31, and this the score too is kind of ridiculous to look at because you're like these are two good defenses, 33 to 31. Well, there yeah. were two defensive touchdowns in this. Started off with that Kyle Hamilton walk in, <laughs> ridiculous play from him. Uh, you know that's what we you were, get when you have a six foot plus rookie. We were not as high on uh, Hamilton coming out. True, on the uh, last year. It's yeah. his second year, but and, uh, he's fitting into it, is he not? But there's there's a couple teams. I think we talked about this that like if you don't like a quarterback prospect, but Andy Reid drafts him, eh, yeah. it doesn't matter. Like it doesn't matter what you thought. You know, like they're he's going to turn it around. Same thing with defenders in Baltimore. If you got questions about a defender and he goes to Baltimore, don't worry, he's going to be top of the league in a couple years. So. Kyle Hamilton looking great, looking like one of the best young safeties in the league. Yeah, the the Newsom pick six was awesome too. But yeah, I wonder if that extra points made. The Ravens play it differently there at the end, probably do because then the game's tied. You know, you're probably not nearly as conservative. Just a wild, wild one back and forth. But uh, it could have came down to just who had it last. A lot of these games came down to just who had it last, and it was the Browns with a big road win here. Uh, keeping their season alive, but uh, I don't know for how long. Uh, we'll get to that in a couple of uh, games if we don't want to talk about it right now. <laughs> no, we can talk about it right now. Um, yeah. So, Deshaun Watson's been complaining about a bad shoulder. That's right. right. He's kept himself out of games, even though he's he, been cleared. <laughs> he has a fracture in the glenoid, which is a bone... That is not real. It's not. That is, it is a portion of a bone, right? It is a specific portion of the bone. Now, I will say this. It was a very, I can see this being an irritating injury because what it basically is, is where your shoulder sits in, uh, like your shoulder joint. 
Mm. So it's basically the joint. The glenoid is where your shoulder, like your arm, your humerus, actually meets with your shoulder. So it's not going to be something that if there's a fracture in there, you're going to really see very clearly. Um, but it is something that's going to bother you constantly. Think about it like having bone spurs in your shoulder. Sure. Right? Okay. So that you're not going to feel good, healthy. Especially on your throwing shoulder. But what yeah, is so, uh Sorry, go ahead. So there's a possibility that this has actually been bothering him for a week. It might have been a stress fracture that he exacerbated in in the game. But it's also the weirdest fucking bone. Like, how did you do that without, you know, damaging the humeral head? Like, it, there's so many questions I have. Like, it's just such a weird Deshaun injury. But you know what he's looking forward to? All those massages and <laughs> physical therapy to help him deal with this. Um... Are, is there any worry anymore about having a surgery on your throwing shoulder in the NFL these days? Uh, yeah, I mean, mostly because it's a bone issue, you know? Um, so, like, if you can reinforce the bone, I don't know what he's going to have there in terms of, um, you know, hardware. You know, if he's going to have any hardware, if it's just going to be, you know, they're going to kind of saw it and force it to come back in. But if you start getting degenerative bone um, in your throwing shoulder, that's not going to get better. Yeah. You know, so I'm I'm very interested in how they're going to treat this. I'll be honest with you; this is the first I've heard of a glenoid fossa injury. Um, so I'm I'm kind of figuring it out right now. I'm obviously not a doctor, but I do play one on this podcast, <laughs> and so I'm I'm going to give you guys an update once I get uh, a better understanding of what this injury is, long term um, impacts. But yeah, if it's a if it's like a loose joint capsule injury where it's just going to be constant contact, that could be something that just bothers him forever and he's just going to have to power his way through. But if they can fix it with surgery, and I'm intrigued as to what the surgery is going to be, mm-hmm. he should be able to return to full health because he's only got another six weeks. If you're doing bone surgery, it's probably going to be at least a, a two-month issue. So he's not coming back this year. Nope, and they've said that in the press release that came out today. Uh, which again, we uh, coming to you guys a, a little bit later in the week, and it just so happened that they waited for Deshaun Watson news for that, so we saw it coming. They go, guys, just don't release. Deshaun's got something to say, and we're like, listen, we don't need, we don't need uh, like under the you know background news on Deshaun Watson. That's not something that we seek out. Uh, most of it kind of grosses us out. So please, yeah. Don't. When someone tells you that there's a uh, Deshaun Watson release you don't want. Uh, <laughs> you stay away from God, God damn it, why? Yeah. Why are you doing this? But anyways, uh, so that's what we waited for, and that's, that's the news that came out. So we see but what happens. But he also happens. had a high ankle sprain, too, which is interesting. That's so true. Like, that came out at the same time. Yeah, they're like, he also has a high ankle sprain, so like he wasn't going to be in for a couple weeks anyway, and was, now he's got this thing with his shoulder, so just fuck it. Don't ask us again. I think even the press thing said it came out, it, it happened to him in the first half, so he played with this stuff even better in the second. And I know, you know. Um, yeah adrenaline and everything else but uh no like you said played a really good second half so that's kind of impressive if that's what was going on with him all the time uh some yeah. thing about like when you say uh adrenaline do you mean toradol <laughs> is that is that what you're whatever you're talking about when yeah whatever type of adrenaline's in those type of shots yeah let's go on to another afc north team that uh had a heartbreaking loss the cincinnati Bengals losing at home to the houston Texans 30 to 27 another game we did not pick um thought the Bengals were all the way back in fact Dan kind of kind of laughed at me when I talked about CJ Stroud showing up uh the big guns like Joe Burrow and here he goes for 356 touchdown a pick ran one in 
Uh, single. Don't worry, t- listeners. Scott texted me about it as it was happening. <laughs> That's the one thing I can't get on it. But oh man, uh, great yeah. game though. Great game. Great game. Nice back and forth. Um, Texans halftime lead for by three. That they take a ten point lead about twice in the second half. Both times erased by the Bengals. Um, but then Burrow throws two turnovers, two interceptions in the fourth quarter. Stroud, though, tops that with one even later. So these guys are throwing their interceptions at the worst possible times, and they did not look like good ones. Um, that that Stroud one should have been a pick six. He gets tackled at the goal line, but it, it oh, yeah. saves the Bengals' game. Uh, so they tie this thing with uh, under two left, about a minute and a half, um, and they have to just kick the field goal to tie it because Boyd drops the uh, touchdown there. I mean, it was a little bit behind him, but he had it in his hands. So Amendola is the uh, the the kicker off of the practice squad here for the bank for the uh, Texans. Excuse me, kicks a game winner from thirty eight. We're already talking about game winner number two from this week. Walk off. Um, the Texans win this game without their leading wide receiver, their starting running back, their leading tackler, their starting safety. And they're starting kicker, and they went on the road in Cincy. I I will say this: uh, we've always been a big fan of Devin Singletary. Um, this was a great Devin Singletary game. Uh, he was never used Huge. like this in Buffalo. He looked fucking great. He carried the ball thirty times, which is insane considering how many carries that guy's had in his life. It's almost <laughs> like he regenerated some of the tread on his tires in Buffalo because they never used him. Run like a bastard. This was fucking fantastic. There uh, are those Noah running Brown, backs. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. There are those running backs oh, yeah. that do run better with more as they get going. Oh, yeah, kind of sure. It was a lot of, uh, what's his nuts, um, like Derrick Henry. Gore. You know? Yeah, Derrick yeah, Henry. Derrick Henry, Frank Gore, Adrian Peterson. Adrian Peterson yes. routinely would have like a 20-yard first feast. half and then 120 in the second. Um, but I will say this, uh, Dallas Cowboys know how to – Get some fucking receivers up and out. Uh, Noah Brown looking fantastic mm-hmm. uh, on those Texans. It's uh, He didn't have to move. It was great. Uh, he just went straight from the Cowboys to the Texans, and he's doing a great job there for him. Yeah. Um, third wide receiver actually showing up and, you know, being a I mean, they got Dalton Schultz, man. too. So. <laughs> yeah, you're you're welcome. You're welcome, <laughs> Texans. There was a, a, a plethora of talent Robert in Woods. Dallas. We couldn't hold hey, it. Hey, I mean, it's got to be easy to just jump over and cheer for them Texans. <laughs> oh, yeah, dude. Yeah, well, well, Robert Woods wasn't us. Didn't he? Wasn't he? At, didn't he have one stop there in Dallas for a season? No, Robert Woods was. Uh, okay, he was he's the, one of the very few teams that he did not play for. Then, yeah, <laughs> it was good old Bobby Trees. Uh, yeah, he was Buffalo and then L.A. I'm getting then, uh, Robert Woods over. mixed with another uh, smaller wide receiver that must have played everywhere for you. Anyways, oh, yeah. Terry Glenn maybe. Yeah, or Austin. Yeah. Um, oh, Tavon Austin. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So, uh, amazing game, but uh, what? So, where does this again? The Texans are playing, playing amazingly. I think you know the the rookie coach. Everything is 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 solidifying to a point now where they could easily make a run here in the to the playoffs. Then you got to play the best guys, but the Bengals we thought were one of them. Oh yeah, are it's they? a two horse race right now for coach of the year, and it's between D'Amico Ryan's. And MCDC. I know Sirianni's doing a great job, and obviously, you know, people are almost tired of how good Andy Reid's doing, but for me, that's it. It's D'Amico Ryan. What about and my boy McConnell? He's doing great, but he's not as sexy. 
Not right. coach for of the him, year, it's bringing like, in the the backups, and I mean five game win streak without JJ. No, hey, I'm I'm not saying he's not impressive. <laughs> what I am right. saying is that D'Amico Ryan's was expected to win maybe five games all year. Yeah, no, he if is. he's lucky. I mean, this is crazy. This is way beyond expectation for these Texans. I mean, even if they finish out the rest of the season with zero wins, pretty good, pretty good season for them. This is better than we expected. Yeah. Um. So where we want to talk about though is uh, the other side, the AFC North, the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, they were without uh, Higgins in this game, so mm-hmm. Chase 124 and a touchdown. Boyd 117. He did drop a touchdown, but he had a nice long one. Did he have mm-hmm. a touchdown? In this one? Did not have a TD. Okay. Um. So every- could have. Yeah. Could have. Uh. But the Burrow interceptions hurt, and the the slow start did too. Um, the Bengals play this game like, kind of like their season, slow start, and then kind of speed up catch up. But <laughs> this is a tough season to do that because nobody in this division is really slacking. So they find themselves still at the bottom at five and four. Uh, do you believe they'll finish the season at five and four right now, Dan? Or no, excuse I, me, the bottom of the division. Do you think they'll still finish at the bottom? I don't. I feel like something has to break for Pittsburgh. I'm not yeah. saying Pittsburgh's going to have a losing record. Everybody's waiting but, for that. Yeah, like the the metrics with Pittsburgh just don't make sense. I mean, but the the Vikings, I'm not saying they were a bad team, but they won so many of those single score games. Like the Pythagorean theorem, Pythagorean win theorem didn't make any sense. Sure, it's the same thing with Pittsburgh. Like this Pittsburgh's year. only yeah. got to win three more games to not be a loser, or two more games in a tie. Yeah, um, for Tomlin to continue his streak, but I just it doesn't feel sustainable with them. You know, it feels like Cincinnati can get it going. It feels like Pittsburgh, this is about as good as they are. So um, there's also a chance that without capable quarterback play, which I will tell you, uh, Deshaun Watson provided in the second half, maybe these Browns aren't very good either. So um, it feels like it's, I mean, even after Baltimore lost this, it feels like it's Baltimore's to lose, and they'll be able to prove that on Thursday. Oh, perfect segue. Thank you so much. Bengals at Ravens. I do this too, right? I do this too. <laughs> Thursday night football. Uh, I'm excited that this starts off our weekend. I'm a little bummed that Bengals-Ravens is Thursday night football because you hope everybody's healthy and ready to go for this. Um, there was a point early in the game when the Ravens had a nice 10-point lead or something on the Browns where the announcers were going, well, the Bang- or the Ravens not overlooking the Browns getting ready for that Thursday night game against the Bengals. <laughs> in a game where the Browns had a better record than the Bengals, I know the Bengals have been red hot up until the loss to the Texans, but a wild thought that they'd be overlooking it. So now both these teams, Bengals and Ravens, coming in after those heartbreaking losses on a short week, Bengals at Ravens. Dan, still picking first this week. Go ahead. Let it continue forever. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll put it to you this way. I didn't think the Bengals did a very good job stopping the run. I think the Baltimore Ravens run like a motherfucker. Um, Devin Singletary had a great game. Devin Singletary is not at that phase of his career where he should be having a great game. Mm. Um. I feel like the Ravens are probably going to win this one. It's at home. They've got a good running game. Their defense, I think, kind of got embarrassed and surprised in the second half, whereas the Bengals are just, you know, they lost to the Texans fair and square, you know. Um, and then they got to go on a short week, go back to Baltimore. That's tough. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to pick the Ravens at home. Uh, yeah, you, we didn't even bring up that Keaton Mitchell touchdown. Um, 
ran by sitting on my bench uh and he's run by everybody like he was like everyone was standing still that was wild and then they just like forgot to give him the ball in the second half um I like the Bengals or Bengals. I like the Ravens as well because it's nope. Short. You said Bengals. Yeah. Oh shoot! Shoot! Because <laughs> it's a short week in Baltimore. Uh, I think if it's the other way around, then you might go Bengals here. But uh, the Ravens have been playing better as as good as the Bengals have been playing. The Ravens have been playing better until this last week. And then again, it's a game where both teams lost by three to two points. So. These were tight losses, even though losses. So we could have been talking very differently uh, if a couple balls bounced a different way. So I'm with you True. on Ravens Thursday Night Football. We brought up the Steelers, the only team we haven't talked about from the AFC North yet, so let's talk about them. They win and beat the Packers at home 23-19. to This is a game we both picked. Um, Finally, it, Christ. Yeah, the uh, Packers, though, hung in this thing. Steelers jumped ahead into a nice lead. But uh, Packers kept fighting back. It was 13 to 17 Steelers at the half, and then the second half slowed down for both these teams. Um, the Steelers took the lead, and then the Packers kept fighting back in. But two interceptions by Love. Love, who had two touchdowns in this game, two interceptions. The two interceptions were the last two drives of this game in or at the end zone. <laughs> Just rough, rough way to end it if you're uh, Jordan Love. Um, and the Steelers hang on and win. Quite simply, it cannot happen. Like, that is the sort of stuff that loses you a job. It's uh. it's tough because he had great drives until then. Uh, and both of those drives were good, sure. like, long drives, set-up ones until until the, the last spot. But, yeah, you, you want your QB when he has to, when he puts the game on his shoulders to take it, and he couldn't do it, right? Kenny Pickett uh, did not have a great game. Did everything he needed to just fucking muddle his way through. Had less than 150 yards passing. Now they could run the shit out of it. Jalen Warren, Najee Harris, both great games. Mm -hmm. Uh, Seems like that's actually helping Najee Harris to have a split back Mm -hmm. uh, Mm -hmm. situation because Warren's more of a, you know, a game breaker, you know, more of a burst speed runner. Uh, Najee Harris, though, picking in between the guards, doing a great job. Um, the Steelers' defense is fucking good. Like, they're just <laughs> fucking good. And the thing that is most dangerous about the Steelers' defense is because they are so quick and reactive, when you press them, their red zone defense is actually incredible. Um, so I, you can't be taking shots like that if you're Jordan Love. That's what the Steelers want. The Steelers, it's almost like a rope-a-dope situation with them where they just need to keep it close and then force you to make a mistake because they just don't turn the ball over. It's just not something that they do. Have it, yeah, and the Steelers are like, they sit there and they've been forcing turnovers at the end of these games for the last few times, just finding ways to pull it out at the end. Uh, we've talked about it. You've talked about their stats and and their point differential all that stuff they have been playing like kind of the vikings of this year but almost to a a more degree like vikings offense was there last year they don't it's the reverse for the steelers they're certainly playing to competition everything is right up near there other than their losses and then they are somehow six and three i don't understand it green bay was more efficient on third down Green Bay had more passing yardage. Uh, Green Bay had a higher average yards per play. Um, 
yeah. the big thing is just, I mean, time of possession was pretty equal. It was kind of right down the middle. The big thing was interceptions. It was turnovers. That's it. It was two turnovers to zero. Yeah. I. They may not have a great point differential and a great yardage differential, but they do have an excellent turnover differential because they just don't turn the ball over. They wear you down. And they had over 200 yards rushing. You can win with a team that runs the ball like that and does not turn it over and forces turnovers on the other side. Four point. It's a Tomlin team. Yeah, four-point game, and they would just kick those field goals. Yeah, that would have been a win. But things would have been different on the other side too. So if Steelers sneak out a win at home, this leads us to talk. So the AFC North, that wraps that up, but we can talk about that they are playing each other this week. This is what I'm talking about. The dust should settle a little Steelers at Browns this week. But, oh, yeah, Deshaun Watson now done for the year because of that injury on the throwing shoulder. Uh, He has played 11 games in the last three years. Oh, my God. The last three years, 11 games. Um, Dorian. What about the last four? I don't have those numbers. Uh, Dorian Thompson-Robinson is uh, reported to be taking over for the Browns. Even though PJ Walker and all that stuff for the last few weeks, they're, they're back to the rookie. Um, and we will see as we head into the game on Sunday. Dan, Steelers at Browns. Neither one of these offenses is going to be impressive. The Pittsburgh defense definitely forces turnovers, but the Cleveland defense fucking kills people right now. I'm going to take Cleveland at home against Pittsburgh. I think Pittsburgh going to six and four makes more sense in my head uh, than Pittsburgh going to seven and three with uh, the team they're putting out there. So I'm going to say the Browns win this one at home. Dorian Thompson Robinson isn't going to have to do much. Hopefully, they just run that fucking ball and you know put it in the defense's hands. I don't think Kenny Pickett's going to have a great day against them. Yeah, I I picked the last time they started Dorian Thompson Robinson. I picked the Browns and in, in that offense looked just lost but i th- i had assumed that they know what they're doing and they're going back to the kid this week um after all that so i like the browns too because their defense is outstanding and i think that's what's leading them to this success this season so you you lean on that you don't you don't give them a short field and you just let them find their ways to win you could do it uh because yep. the steelers are aren't that good but it is a division not game. afraid yeah things are afraid weird. of either of these teams in the playoffs right now I don't know if the yeah I mean the, without a quarterback that could I can I don't find a reason to to fear the Browns too much but I don't see how the Steelers can keep this going we'll see though on Sunday I'm going with Browns too I don't think there is a lot of games that are that tough to pick this week unfortunately there's well, a, we will be corrected by the football guys uh, yeah that that's true exactly when I happen. say that those things let's talk about one that uh, again we didn't get right as I say this when I talk about. <laughs> This is four of the uh, uh, of the first four games we talked about. Three of them we haven't got it right. Uh, the Arizona Cardinals won. The Arizona Cardinals beat the Atlanta Falcons by by two, twenty three to twenty five. Another walk off game winner with no time on the clock. Uh, Heineke uh, had a touchdown this one. Then gets knocked off in the third quarter with a was it leg injury something. He, Lower body, uh, he was on the ground. Yeah, I don't know exactly what it was. So Ritter back in. He runs a touchdown in later in this one, um, but the offense did suffer. Bijan Robinson, 106 yards and a touchdown. This Bijan Robinson guy, I haven't seen a lot of him, but you know what? When I do, looks pretty good. 
It's almost like they should run the ball to him more. Yeah, and then the Cardinals starting a new quarterback uh, this week, a Kyler Murray, and he had an interception, but uh, ran in a touchdown himself. He's very fast, as I saw in a couple plays. Um, no, he looks the gingerbread man. Yeah, he looks like he's fully he's fully healed and running again like he stole somebody's toy. That little yeah, it's so funny to watch him run like that. Little rascal. Say yeah. Um, Prater four for four in field goals. Um, McBride, the rookie tight end, 131 yards uh, in this game leads me to an early crazy stat for you, Dan. Ooh. First time a Cardinals tight end has had a hundred plus yards in thirty four years. What? Apparently, in a game, hundred yards receiving for a tight end on the Arizona Cardinals. They had Zach Ertz. He never had over a hundred yards receiving. Apparently, oh my God, that's, that's the insane. stat I have. Yep. Wow, I almost don't believe it, but I believe it. I'm not telling you. Uh, 14 to 12 Falcons at the half. So this game was tight the whole way through. It was, yeah. But uh, hey, Cardinals, um, they're not they're not completely folding over, and Kyler Murray's back. Kyler Murray's playing for his job. <laughs> There's a situation that like, hey, Kyler, if if we're picking number one overall, like we're gonna take your broke ass ankle and all that money. I don't think so. Uh, you know, we're we're gonna restart this fucking thing. You know, there, we need help. We'll trade you to somebody that thinks you might be the answer. Um, but if the Cardinals go, you know, five and five and twelve, you know, that's that's respectable. Probably knocks you out of the top three. Um, with the way some of these teams are going, Carolina's well, sorry, the Bears are going to be twice in the top five. Yeah. Um, so they're going to have some chances to to move around and really fuck up this draft. Uh, unless they take two quarterbacks, could you imagine? Yeah, the Cardinals are seeing that second pick. You're right. Get worse with the uh, Texans doing better. Um, I count five lead changes in the second half of this game. I mean, good. nice back and forth, but uh, Cardinals on top because they had the ball last. That's this game. Uh, you know, team with the ball last with those field goals. Cardinals at Texans. Speaking of Texans, that's the game that the Cardinals lean into for next week. Dan, what do you think? Listen, I'm not going to say anything bad about C.J. Stroud. We've been very pro-Stroud. We just were more pro-Burrow. Um, I think they're a more complete team. I just said D'Amico Ryan's probably the coach of the year, at least in the top three. So I got to go Texans, man. Right. He used to go back home, too. I mean, that means it's not too far of a trip for the Cardinals. But uh, yeah. these are two teams that don't know each other very well. And the Cardinals, uh, yeah, they're going to keep the success going for back-to-back wins. If Kyler Murray is uh, is really you know, itching to, to go full-on success. He could win a comeback player of the year here in the second half. Hey. But, um, no, I'm going Texans, too, until he, until he really shows could, it. If the Cardinals go crazy, they could go 9-8, and eight, make it a problem. That's true. That's true. Um, I'm going to say the Atlanta – oh, the Atlanta Falcons on a bye week. The Atlanta Falcons will not be playing week 11, so they get that off after that last couple of weeks have been pretty rough for them. Um, and uh, seat getting hot – for uh, the head coach there, the the, the millionaire yeah. head coach. On their Arthur bye week, Miller. Kyle Pitts will have about as many targets as he normally has. <laughs> yes. Ouch. Burn. Um, all right, well, let's talk one more game before yep. the break. Uh, the track meet that was in L.A. this week, the, the Lions winning over the Chargers 41-38. to Speaking of who had the ball last, and, uh, well, this was not a uh, – 
change of lead, but just tying them up constantly, constantly, constantly with the Chargers. Um, a fun game if you if you weren't ready to see any defense. Goff, 333 yards and touchdown. Gibbs and Montgomery are all over this thing on the ground and, and no matter wherever. St. Brown, I mean, God, yeah. The, the Lions had all their offensive going, and then uh, the Chargers with everything. Keenan Allen blowing up everybody's fantasy numbers. <laughs> yeah, Dan. No, Dan, you got the high score this week, so you got to bring them some money just for that week alone. <laughs> I get five bucks. That's right. Uh, that's how our league goes. All right, so the Lions with a 24-17 to 17 lead at the half, and then the Chargers just continue to answer Lions touchdowns all the way through the fourth quarter. Uh, 38 all with three minutes and 44 seconds left, and then they line up Patterson for 41 yards out for the win. That was this game. Not, yeah, not an easy kick, honestly. No, 41 was, yeah, questionable. Yeah, it's questionable. Let's say, you know, it's mid-range distance, but uh, great game. I mean, this is the sort of stuff, somebody made a great point. They're like, these are the games the Lions used to lose. True. Uh these are the games that the Chargers are used to losing. That's also so, true. So that's where, yeah. You know, this. you see the talent on this Chargers team. You see Justin Herbert. You see Keenan Allen. Uh, Austin Eckler had a fine day, but, like, you see the talent that is here offensively, and you see the players that they have defensively, and you just can't figure out what the fuck it is. And you have to go back to Staley. You have to say, what are you doing defensively? Because this is junk. Like, this is a terrible performance. Let me name you a couple players on the Chargers defense. Joey Bosa, Mm. Khalil Mack, Derwin James. What the fuck? Well, like, how how are you not successful with those guys on defense? Maybe you would have been in 2019, 2018. Like, I'm a little worried that defensive guys, all of a sudden, it, it... they show their age in a flash, and I'm not saying that they should be that old, but they are already pushing. What isn't Joey Bosa, Khalil Mack? Aren't they all in their thirties? I mean, Khalil Mack's in his thirties. I feel like Joey Bosa's twenty nine. It hurts me to watch Eric Kendricks in this defense right now because he's like step two behind, and it's like wow. Yeah. Like, and I we saw it in a couple of plays in Minnesota, and so. That's perfect that, you know, you move on from him when we did. I think if, you know, Zimmer stayed or whatever, there was no way they would have moved on from him. So it's it's a tough thing because he was so good for the Vikings for so long. But even Tuli Tuli Peloto wasn't doing anything in this game. And not he had been true. fucking great. He's, he was in conversations for defensive rookie of the year. I mean, he's not going to win it, but he's had a great year so far. It um, almost feels like they have to blow up this defense, so the Chargers. I I mean, you can still get assets for some of these guys. Yeah. You know, and that's the thing is like, if you can get assets for a lot of the guys that are on your team, it feels like it's more coaching than anything else. And that's another hot seat for sure is this Chargers team that's been middling. If they do not make the playoffs again this year, I mean, I know they made it last year, but they the one and out in Jacksonville, I think is still kind of shocking that system. Um, yeah, they if they don't make the playoffs this year and that's where they're kind of trending right now then i think we see the firing of uh what is his name in la uh dickhead staley yeah staley thank you yeah um the chargers though this week might get a redemption they're going to green bay it's chargers at packers mm. yeah this is a uh, an interesting one it's going to be in lambo i don't know what the weather's going to be in this mid-november in lambo 
but we are getting some warmer weather lately, so it might not be too bad for the Chargers. What do you think, Dan? Um, I think the Chargers at five and five makes sense to me. I feel like you're you're looking at Jordan Love trying to save his career, and it's not going well. You know, there's not a ton of talent on the offensive side of the Green Bay Packers. Think what you will about Christian Watson. The guy is other people's number two. Um, so it's it's hard for me to say that I feel confident with where the Packers are going offensively. Defensively, I like it. They're a decent team. But uh, I feel like this Chargers team is going to be too much for them to handle. And a good veteran defense might be exactly what really fucks up Jordan Love. So I'm going to I'm gonna take these Chargers. Yeah, I mean, the only thing I'm thinking is, like, if Aaron Jones is finally getting healthy, like they're saying, but he still hasn't made any impact on this team. So I think, like, 24 points is enough to beat these Packers even at home. And yeah. the Chargers can do that most weeks. So I like L.A. as well. Um that's five games already. We got a so I've got some good news and bad news for everybody. The um the bad news is that we're already halfway done with this show and we have to take a break. Oh, oh, but the, I said good news? Yeah, good news when we come back, 2 minute no offense and a Ooh. bunch of other good games. We're in a, we're going to gush over our wins, which is what everybody is sticking around to listen for. So come on back. This is the Push Off Podcast. Give me, give me, give me some time to think. I'm in the bathroom looking at me. Facing the mirror is all I need. When until the reaper takes my life. Never gonna get me out of life. I will live a thousand million lives. My patience is waning. Is this entertaining? My patience is waning. Is this entertaining? Thanks, everybody. Uh, I knew you'd be back. So uh, let's reward uh, your patience with uh, the quickest segment in podcast uh, knowledge. That is the two-minute no offense. Because no offense, but maybe uh, your mom should play quarterback because she's already making your bed for you. Maybe she can do that job better, too. (laughs) Oh, who are you talking to? Not my mama. (laughs) No, not your mama. No. <laughs> All right. You got a clock ready? Uh, Tommy DeVito. Yeah, here we go. All right. We're going over to Germany for a game that is really giving us question as to why the NFL is playing games on the other side of the globe anymore. Colts 10, Patriots 6. I hope you didn't get out of bed. Uh, I was I was like, ooh, this might be fun. And then I remembered that, uh, of course, it wasn't going to be. Um, it was just a fucking snooze fest full snooze fest really sucked Every, everybody's turning on mac jones and you see it on tv deserves um, it yeah the buccaneers beat up on the titans 20 to 6 in a game that we might all soon forget about uh which one uh, exactly the right. 49ers crush the jaguars 34 to 3 i get this over dan it's about the only positive thing to say about this for the jaguars um oof uh, the 49ers look damn good with uh, Chase Young added, but um, can't get McCaffrey that last touchdown. <sighs> Listen, I'm really unhappy that they have Chase Young and he looks like Chase Young out there. That's not 
that does not make me feel good all of a sudden. Mm-mm. And also, I can't shit on the Jaguars for getting absolutely butt-whipped by this 49ers team. Uh, this was a 49ers on full rotation, and it, it fucking sucks. Scary. And then finally, your Dallas Cowboys crushing the Giants like we all kind of assumed. 49-17, to 17, even when DeVito gets a full week taking snaps. It ain't helping. Uh, I was furious that they scored any points, mm. honestly. Because we had him going on the Ofer, and then honestly, in the second half, it was so bad. Like this thing, when it was twenty-eight to nothing at the half, at the half, it was twenty-eight to nothing at the half. This game got to a point where it was what was it thirty forty-two? Yeah, it was forty-two to seven. Yeah, that's what this game was. It was forty-two to fucking seven, and it wasn't even that close. This was an absolute fucking drubbing, and I loved it. There we go. There we go. What's the, what's the total against the Giants this season now for the Cowboys? It's something uh, ridiculous. It's, it's eighty nine to seventeen. <laughs> Jesus, that's embarrassing. And I get it. Um, and those seventeen were absolute fucking garbage time. Like that was against the second team. Yeah, she was terrible. Yeah. This thing rough. Uh, Prescott four oh four four touchdowns, a rushing touchdown. Just crushing it with, uh, yeah, Lamb and Cooks. And, and I am remiss. Uh, C.D. Lamb. No kidding. C.D. said some things that were a little out of pocket this weekend. He said he's the number one wide receiver in the NFL. I don't think that is the case. But I have made the argument recently that I believe C.D. Lamb is a top five wide receiver in the NFL. And I think with performances like this and what he's been putting together, I don't think he's five. You know, we're, we're talking about guys like A.J. Brown, obviously your boy Justin Jefferson. We're talking about guys like Jamar Chase. I think right now with what he's doing, you have to put him above Jamar Chase. Maybe not in talent, but in terms of productivity, C.D. Lamb is one of the top five best wide receivers in the NFL. He is about to cost me so much fucking money. <laughs> These wide receivers, yeah, yeah. Hopefully everybody pumps up that uh, that salary cap money here coming up because these guys are going to get paid. Um, you and me both, buddy. I hope he signs before Justin does. That's what I hope for. I mean, I think everybody's you know looking at uh, Chase as well. I don't know if Chase will try to hold off for a whole another year. If he does, then these He's guys got will another have year. To, yeah. I mean, oh, the Bengals should leg him down. I think Chase's is kind of focused on. Uh, there's a lot of talent there, but um, I'm interested with JJ coming back and and who's all around there now too. So. You're right. He's up there. He's absolutely in that conversation now, um, especially because Cooper Cup's disappeared. Unfortunate with all the injuries in L.A. So it's a cool. I think thing you got it's going. Tyreek. It's Tyreek. Yes, it's JJ. Tyreek's having a great Tyreek, year. We can't JJ, talk about AJ Brown. Yep. Right. Yep. I mean, it, we got to be in fairness. And if you remember when we scouted AJ Brown and DK Metcalf, I was the one that was like, "Hey, I, I mean, he was also drafted higher, but." I was like, hey, I see this A.J. Brown guy. He's really popping. D.K. Metcalf doesn't look as good. And it kind of fucked up my scouting of D.K. Metcalf, if I'm being honest. Um, But, yeah, this was – yeah, I think CD's right there in the top five, man. I got to put him at at least at five, if not four. What uh, what rookie wide receivers impressed you the most so far this year? (sighs) Say Uh, it. Quentin Johnston's not doing anything. Say I think it. it might have to be my boy Jordan Addison. That's what you were going to say. All right, let's get to some picks for next week. Uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to San Francisco to play the 49ers. Dan, are you firing cannons? 
I am going to fire the cannons directly into my own foot, killing the Buccaneers. Yeah, I I can't. I Listen, if the 49ers are at full strength, I don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't think the Buccaneers are going to solve that problem. I would love it if they did. But, uh, yeah, I just can't pick the Buccaneers here. No, I'm with you. The San Francisco 49ers look like they could be all the way back. I mean, what made it with Debo back, you saw him on a couple of plays. Trent Williams Trent Williams back. back. And then the addition of um, Chase Young, it's yeah. scary. Yeah, this that team. shit's not fair, dude. You shouldn't be able to get Chase Young. That's so they weird. have that. They had that little lull in the middle of the season for everyone to think um, they had a shot, and then here we come. Here we come. So I the hurricane, baby. Yeah, I'm with you there. Um, here's an AFC South tilt: the Tennessee Titans going to Jacksonville to play the Jaguars. I think Jaguars going to get right on this one. I mean, Titans haven't been impressive. Will Levis still a rookie. Jaguars have the tools. I think they just were not prepared for what the 49ers brought them. Yeah, Titans look uh, looked inept in uh, Tampa Bay this week. Just not nothing um, going going right for them, unfortunately. So uh, the that Will Levis stuff. I think he he blew up against Atlanta, and that was excitement there. Uh, in those throwbacks, you know, they have some magic in those Oilers too. So I think it's a little coming to earth, and this is a young yeah. quarterback who needs to get some help around him. So I like the Jaguars too. Uh, we got some bye weeks. The teams in Germany, the Colts bye week, the Patriots bye week. That game was so damn rough. Um, Colts maybe they're going to hang around here. I don't know. The Patriots, like I said, the locker room, this is the report today, turning on Mac Jones. He got benched at the end of it, and uh, Bailey Zapp becomes in. Is it Zapp? Zappy? Who knows? Zappy. Zappy comes in to do a fake spike, directly interception. Doesn't look good either. And so I just want to say a little bit about that. Um, to bench Mac Jones at that point in the game where it was – you know, it, the only thing that was left was a, a last-second maybe drive of an offense that w- didn't do anything all game long. Uh, but either way, you were going to have this quarterback sit in the longest possible flight home after a loss. <laughs> and Mac Jones, like, couldn't have been fun. So, it, to me, it seemed like this. They were done with Mac Jones. And yeah. probably are done with Mac Jones. And they thought to themselves, worst case scenario, right? Worst case scenario, he goes out there and just shits the bed and tells us something we already know. Best case scenario, he goes out there and completely redeems himself with a game-winning drive. They weren't interested in best case scenario. <laughs> they because they're like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm done with this guy. Let's see if Bailey Zappi can get best-case scenario because they thought to themselves, well, if Bailey can get this team together and march them down the field for a game-winning drive, we get a real easy conversation. We're like, hey, I think Bailey gives us the best chance to win. We're going to move forward with Bailey Zappi. And if he doesn't, you go, well, yeah, fucking Bailey threw four passes, man. He he wasn't sharp. Let's give him a chance Uh, here as the starter. So I feel like it's done for him. Um, they've been so bad this last year. They've been on a downslide the last two years. And if Bailey Zappi can do anything and looks even a little better than Mac Jones, um, I think the Mac Jones experiment is done in uh, in New England. <sighs> did you see the the clip? I'm sure you did. A Bill O'Brien just screaming at him on the sidelines. Oh, I I am a dad, and that is dad energy. <sighs> that is 
that is what the fuck is how do you not understand this like he's not gonna hit him but it's like <laughs> oh boy like you gotta you gotta figure out what the fuck you're doing because it's so simple so simple stop fucking it up and also the patriots uh can we get some wide receivers yeah for whoever the quarterback is there because they're just I mean, I love my boy Zeke Elliott. You know how much I love Zeke Elliott. And he's been fine this year. But there's no passing attack. There's, there's no, no passing threat. There's no uh, personality. There's no set like look to the Patriots this year. There's no... Zeke Elliott was the second leading receiver yeah. in this game today. Mm-hmm. You know who the first one was? Demario Douglas, who is not a real person. Game was that game was rough. That game was rough for everybody involved. Um, okay, because that game was so bad, we're talking about two teams going to a bye week. Let's talk about two teams coming back from a bye week. Let's Ooh. talk about what is obviously the best game on the slate: Monday Night Football. I'm talking Philadelphia Eagles at Kansas City Chiefs. It's the rematch <sighs> of the Super Bowl from last year. Eagles at Chiefs. Uh, Dan, you got to pick it first. Do I need to do this? I mean, <laughs> oh, I guess. I mean, you you know, foregone conclusion. I'm not, yeah, I'm not picking the fucking Eagles. The fact that I get to do this and just be like, and not be as insane as I normally am to say, yeah, I'm not going to take the Eagles. Chiefs at home off a of bye week. Hey, uh, yeah. Scott, how does Andy Reid do off a of bye week? Yeah, that's where I was heading to. Both teams are coming off a of bye week, but it's Andy Reid off a of bye week. Um, just amazing. So, yeah. I'm with you there. And also, too. Travis Kelsey's, Kelsey's full of Argentine tapas. He's got uh, he's the the guy on the Chiefs now. Uh, very exciting. Are you on the TikToks? Are you on the Travis Kelsey TikTok? Are you on the on the T Swift Kelsey uh, hole that I've dug myself into? <laughs> oh gosh, I only saw that she changed a lyric. He was out a concert, and then sometimes I see some clips from their podcast. But that's all I get from Travis. She changed her lyrics, Scott. It's huge, man. It's tremendous, man. On the it's Chiefs, it's a major. They go wild it, for it. It's huge. It's a tremendous change for Tay Tay. This, whatever I mean, whether it is uh, real or pressed for the excitement that that leads to this uh, for people that aren't NFL fans, you know the oh the, sure yeah. the Swifties. It's working, and they're cross so promotion, many. baby. Yeah. Um, okay, let's talk about some games from last week. Uh, there were. Wait, who some... are you taking? Oh yeah, I didn't pick it yet either. I'm taking Chiefs. Yeah. Chiefs. Oh, okay. I, I think I was Andy Reid off the bye. Andy Reid after Reed a bye. Kansas City at home. There's. I think. The, I mean, the Eagles are going to put up a hell of a fight. And like I said, this was. I think it's the best matchup of the weekend, and now mm-hmm. we'll have a very one-sided matchup. But no, I'm excited for this Monday Nighter. You don't yeah. like Cowboys Panthers? <laughs> you know, you know what? Uh, there's not a lot of other good games this week, so they're pushing a lot of the primetime ones, which is that Bengals Ravens, this Philadelphia Eagles, and then all of a sudden it's Vikings Broncos is a big one. And I'm, <laughs> we'll get there. Just nuts. There were some handful ones that were like. Did we think Commander CX were going to be this good? But again, another Ooh. walk-off field goal, I think, with this one. Commander's yeah. 26, Seahawks 29. Um, Howell, 313, three touchdowns. Guy throws. Guy throws the ball around the, the yard. So I I got to a point this week, not to smell my own farts, <laughs> but I went back and I was like, how did I scout Sam Howell? Yeah, what are we talking what? about? What did I say? What did I see in Sam Howell? And honestly, if you go back and you listen to the the podcast, it was like 
I don't know what it is. This fucking guy doesn't quit. I was like, mechanically, I don't get it. Scouting wise, I don't get it. But the fucking guy just does not stop competing. And this is what happens. Like this is, this is the sort of spunky energy you need if your team's not super talented, mm-hmm. which Washington is not super talented. But man, Sam Howell is just putting out fun game after fun fucking game. They, really fun. They hung in this one again after they got rid of their entire team. It's you know the defense at least. Um, but Gino, how about Brian Robinson? Shit. Yep, Brian Robinson can be a bell cow as he tried. Uh, great through the air. Um, and then Gino, three hundred sixty nine yards and two touchdowns. One of his better games this season. Um, good. A bunch of field goals though. Um, Myers had to kick five field goals. It was. Nine all at the half, 19 all with eight minutes left. So, again, the Seahawks could have lost this um, with the commanders coming all the way across uh, the country on a season that feels like the ownership, at least, is ready to move on. To You know, they're looking for 2025 and forward. Um, so kudos for the commanders sticking in this one on a loss, but it is a loss. So, uh the Seahawks keep this thing going. And like I said, I, I, I was all about the Seahawks being for real until they got trounced by the Ravens, but they're going to be a playoff team in the NFC. I still believe that. Oh, yeah. I mean, a game like this where you have Washington come back, put a 12-play drive together at the end of the game, and you got less than a minute to go, and you get that thing 50 yards in 50 seconds and score that. That's what it was, yeah. That's huge for a team's confidence. That's huge. At 6-3, and three, you're looking at this division going, all right, San Francisco's going to be tough to beat, but 6-3 and three puts you on the inside track of a pretty good wild card. Like right now it's, you know, Seahawks and Cowboys looking like early wild card leaders. And then, you know, what do you, what do you about your Vikings? You know, got to, there's three positions you can have for a wild card. Yeah, once everyone, all the dust settles, we'll see where everybody's hanging around there there at the end. But uh, you're right, I did forget the Diami Brown touchdown was under a minute left in this game. So yeah. probably commanders were thinking overtime. And unfortunately, the uh, Seahawks had other plans. So the commanders go back home, and they got the Giants coming to town here. Um, this is uh, the Giants become the first team that if they lose this one and the Eagles win, the Giants can be eliminated from the division. First team in the league for that this oh, they're, year. They're not going to be allowed to play in the division ever again. They're going to nah. have to go to like the NFC South. I'm sorry, Dan. No, unfortunately, they just won't win it this year mathematically. Uh, I was really looking forward to them getting moved out of division. They've been kind of embarrassing. But that means, though, if they beat these commanders, look out. They're coming for the crown <laughs> this year. Uh, Giants at commanders, Dan. Your, uh, your suitcase nuke game. Who are you picking? The Giants are so bad. The Giants are, like, I know that the Cowboys put 49, and I know that it was a lot of fun. It actually wasn't that fun, because it just felt like you were beating up a kid. Uh, no, Actually, I'll stop there. It felt like you were beating up a kid. It felt like you, it was an adult man beating the shit out of a child. Was it this There's the no game satisfaction. that I sent you the... Uh... The, oh yeah, stop hitting him. He's already he's dead. He's already dead from this. Oh, it was, dude, it was awful. It was fucking awful. Like, that game was... It was such a mismatch of, like, talent effort like yeah. all that shit and so the Seahawks are a good team and the commanders gave them everything they had the commanders are a fun team to watch the commanders at five and six make a ton of sense to me um the Giants winning one or even two more games this year don't make a ton of sense to me we're talking about a team that might have a top two top three pick 
Uh, so, yeah, I'm going to take Washington here. Yep, I'm with you too. Commanders at home. Giants are very laughable. It just lines up that way. So, you know, all of this stuff, it seems so obvious right now. And then when I'm watching this and the Giants are up, you know, by 17. 40, 49 to 7. Randomly, Giants. yeah, in the third quarter. I'd be like, what the heck happened? But, uh, no, Commanders. Well, I'm, it's a division game, so you never you know. You never know those divisional games. Don't go putting your money down on them, we're saying. But I like the Commanders in this one, too, to win it. Um, speaking of divisional games, let's go to the NFC West. The Seattle Seahawks. Thank you. Going to the Rams. Seahawks at Rams. I guess the word is Matthew Stafford's feeling all right. He should be back. Uh, coming off that bye, but Seahawks coming off a nice win. Who do you like, Dan? Seahawks are designed to beat the Rams. Mm-hmm. That's that's who they were designed to beat, and uh, I think they'll do it. I know it's on the road, but I can't trust that Matt Stafford's going to stay healthy for an entire game. He's also had a pretty average Matt Stafford year. He's got eight TDs to seven interceptions on the year. I don't think that's going to be good enough. Um, Kyron Williams does intrigue me as a running back option, but I, I just don't. Yeah, I just don't trust him. Um, so I'm going to take Seahawks on the road. I feel like Seahawks, Rams, this division, I feel like this entire division, uh, it's not so much home field advantage at any time. It's just whoever's hot, whoever's playing yeah. a better te- game. And so uh, a 6-3 and three Seahawks team, a 3-6 and six Rams team. Yeah. And they can all beat each other. I mean, even these Cardinals, like... Cardinals might fuck somebody up later on in the season, especially in division. It's who, yeah, and it's whoever's. You're right. It's whoever's playing hot now. But the Rams have not been even at this buy. Um, Stafford back gives it a shot, but I like the Seahawks this year, so I'm taking Seahawks on the road in LA to take care of business in the division. All right, let's go to Minnesota's win. They beat the Saints this last weekend, uh, twenty-seven and nineteen. You love it. the The Saints Vikings rivalry. It's not as strong as it was maybe five years ago, but there's a little uh, underliner kind of still there. Um, there's some hatred. It's good bone deep hatred. I like it. Yeah. Um, this was a wonderful first half. Uh, I loved every minute of that. Twenty-four to three Vikings at the half. 27 to 3 Vikings 10 minutes left in the third quarter so I mean this thing felt like a runaway train it's going to be wonderful then then car goes out and a backup quarterback comes in and all of a sudden they're like you know we saw what the Vikings could do with a backup quarterback in Atlanta and we got Jameis Winston in the wings and everybody's been saying it since this game and it rings true that it was almost worse for everybody for the vikings that Jameis winston got in there because Jameis plays don't give a shit balls to the wall gonna fling that thing around so if somebody's gonna throw up a bunch of touchdowns in the second half out of nowhere it could easily have been him he started that way two touchdowns uh leading him back two two-point conversions all of a sudden this game's with an eight but two interceptions right after and you go ah that's right you get the good with the bad with Jameis. He he's a he equals it all out in the end, and the Vikings hold on and win it. When you talk about Jameis Winston being perfectly balanced, as all things must be, mm. the last six drives of the game he was in on two punts, two TDs, <laughs> two interceptions. <laughs> too. Oh wow! Just absolutely the most Jameis fucking section of plays you will ever find in your life. Uh, Carr wasn't looking great prior to that, and we talked about this. They're, I don't know what the Saints are. Like the Saints are so bizarre to me. Mm. Um, 
Like, are they a good offense? Are they a good defense? Like, 24-3 to made sense. The fact that they came charging back, I was like, what the fuck is this? Um, but you also do have a blitz-heavy defense, and that gives opportunities for big plays. Yeah, I think Carr, um, he had some problems in this game. Uh, they lost Mike Thomas early, uh, not because he was throwing bricks at cars. That was leading <laughs> up to the game. <laughs> But because he uh, and not in cars, automobiles, not not Derek not Derek Carr. Jeez, Derek Carr throws the ball to Mike Thomas. See, there's the confusion. No, uh, he got out early and then never came. He was back. like, "Oh man, I'm fucked up." Yeah, I'm fucked up so bad. Um, Vikings fans and alike were kind of expecting Taysom Hill to come in and kill us one way or another because he does that. He's done that in the past. And then even when Carr went out, it was like they forgot they could use him in anything. It's just wild that they're, the Saints do that. They're like, we're going to bring Taysom Hill in. He can throw it. He can run it. He can do anything. And then when Carr goes down, they go, shoot, go to Jameis Winston. <laughs> but whatever. Um, it's not Sean Payton anymore. So yeah. you know, they're like, listen, can we just get a quarterback the quarterbacks and Taysom can run gadgets and shit? They don't want to make Taysom the full-time quarterback. No. And then if you do look at both of Jameis's touchdowns, they are almost both, I do believe both of them were baited throws by Byron Murphy. He gave up both touchdowns, but he wanted them to throw it there, thinking, go ahead, I got this guy. He'll, I'll just knock it away. And both times, I mean, the Chris Olave touchdown, amazing. And then the other one should have never been thrown. He stopped and throws it back across his body as a jump ball, and uh, the guy just brings it in. So, I, yeah, it was one of those pucker games where all of a sudden I was enjoying it, and I'm like, ah, shoot. But uh, they came out and won. And the fact that you guys couldn't get anything going uh, in the second, in the fourth quarter. Like, yeah. you guys couldn't do shit in the fourth quarter. I don't, I don't know. understand what yeah, that was. Yeah, me neither. Hawkinson had 10 catches in the first half and then one in yeah. the second half. But I, in the first half, man, Dobbs, he's throwing it good. He The escapability of that pocket, extending plays. Sometimes he was, like, extending it and then finding somebody. And then other times, you know backing out, pointing to nobody, and jumping into the end zone. He's just making some outrageous plays that I I don't expect this to continue to happen, but it just is wild. Uh, it's been who he's been. He did it in Tennessee. Um, he never really got a chance in Pittsburgh, but, yeah, he had that fun game in Tennessee. Mm-hmm. He was looking for – he beat the Cowboys. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah, he's been good. Prior to um, – you know, the gingerbread man winning this game, he was the only win the Cardinals had all season. That's right. It was with him at quarterback against a really good team. So he can do it. He's got some capabilities. I, you know, I know everybody loves Kirk. Um, Kirk O'Shane's probably not coming back. Josh Dobbs, eh, bridge option for mm. you? Yeah. After uh, this game, least. I mean, there were plays in this game that I was like, this guy might be around for a bit. Um, this also here's another crazy stat for you. This is the first Vikings home game without Kirk with that's not Kirk Cousins starting since the Minneapolis miracle against these very Saints back with Case Wow. Which also time fla- is a flat circle. Yeah, I mean that seems like a long time ago, but that flashes you back to before you had Kirk Cousins, who was a very steady, you know, be there every week quarterback. It was a uh, a lot of leaning on the backup QB for the Minnesota Vikings, and we're here again. We're here again, yeah. Josh Dobbs. The New Orleans Saints, bye week, week 11, as we move on. Um, Probably needed. Yes, I think they, they can get a little healthy. They can jump back here. This They're still at the top of that division. 
<laughs> Crazy. The Saints still Crazy lead the NFC South. Uh, let's go back to the AFC and talk about the primetime Monday nighter. Yep, just a couple more games. The Denver Broncos beat the Bills 24-22. to You want to talk about a game that had everything. Um, we talk about the Broncos' defense, you know, fighting themselves back. The offense helped them out here. Russell Wilson, two touchdowns. Uh, Jamal, not Jamal Williams. Um, what is his first name? Javante. Javante Williams, thank you. Over 100 total yards from scrimmage. Lots for field goals. Um, and then the other side... A bad Josh Allen day. Um, two interceptions. He did have a passing touchdown, a rushing touchdown. It's still like a Bills where they're like, all right, fine, we'll let you hang around because of our sloppy play, but we're going to get a lead at the end. Um, and they did that. It was 15 to 8 Broncos at the half, 15 to all mid third quarter. And then Broncos with a, their touchdown, extra point. And they couldn't get the ball down, whatever, kick no good. Um, the the Bills get their touchdown with under two left in this game, and a third and ten, Wilson's rainbow throw gets the PI. It's the correct call. The guy wasn't looking. Valid. Yeah, gets run into the the sh- the under throwed pass that we've seen other teams win games out same way. Um, then they they decide that thirty five seconds, like about a half a minute, is just perhaps too much for Josh Allen and that Magic Bills team who's only scored 22 points all night. So we have to kneel on it and force them to use all those timeouts, suck it all down. And they did it before the half too. So twice do they run out the kicking team to kick the field goal. Uh, They have plenty of time to do it. So they do get it off, but the guy misses and it looked like you know it was going to be game over, and sure enough, throw a flag, twelve men, and it's not a guy trying to run off or anything. The Bills just had twelve men on that 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 quick uh, run on and off, and so they they line up from thirty six, and then the Broncos win it. What a wild one! People giving Sean Payton a lot of credit for that coach because that's a well coached scenario at the end of the game to run it in like that. I guess you got to have everybody ready. I don't know if and it's Sean it, it also tells me that Sean Payton was focusing on the wrong shit during training camp because that looked like the best practice play they'd had all year. Yeah. It's like, it's like Sean, did you devote two weeks to practicing running on and off? Because that was tight. S- save was like, a Maybe few- you should do like passing plays. <laughs> or like use your timeouts a little bit better. That's all you have to do because they had all three to start that drive and they're still kneeling yeah. on it and racing. And it just was a weird... I don't know. It was like 25 seconds different or whatever, but it worked. A one-point game, man, a one-point game. That's so crazy. But, yeah, this was a Josh Allen-Wyoming game. Um, Like, Mm. he was allowed to regress. Um, He's been regressing over the past five weeks. Like, the Buffalo Bills should not be 5-5. and Yeah. You know, this is is absolutely an underperforming team right here. Now, we talked about it. They don't have a running game. I know James Cook had over 100 yards in this game, mm. but it felt like they were just letting him run. They're like, no, 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 we're going to stop the pass. Like, I, a lot of credit to the Broncos. They're like, we're when we think it's a passing situation, we're going to confuse the shit out of Josh Allen. Um, and we're going to spy him. We're not going to let him run. Uh, we are going to hit that motherfucker as hard as we can. Josh Allen had less than 13 yards or had less than 20 yards rushing in this game. Yeah. I know he had a TD, but like he's normally causing havoc 
running the ball. They stayed on him yeah. in this game, and you could see that it was fucking with him. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just a, a terrible, point. terrible performance by him. Yeah, they, yeah, they go, we know how Josh Allen plays, especially under the lights, and how he wants to play, and we're not going to let him. And that's how the defense did that. Um, this led to the Bills' five turnovers in this game. So that was a big thing. To have five turnovers and still have the lead where you did under two minutes left is just nuts, but uh, still couldn't pull it out. And then they fire Ken Dorsey after the game. Uh, the offensive coordinator gone for the Bills. Yeah, they were better under other people. Um, Ken Dorsey has not improved Josh Allen. I mean, you know, they're looking at Brian Dable. I was going to say sure Dable Brian, was the guy, wasn't it? I'm sure Dable and uh, the Bills are both like, you know, on other sides of the glass. If only, yeah. Come back to me. I, I'll take, I, take I, me back. My eyes were too big and I should have just, yeah. yeah. You never know what you great, got till it's gone. <laughs> he's a great offensive coordinator. I thought he was such a good fit for Josh Allen, but like a guy like Ken Dorsey isn't going to do what needs to be done with Josh Allen, which is like rein him in and focus him. So I'd be interested to see who they're going to tab as the new replacement for him. Mm. Um, you know, who's going to be calling plays because you have a defensive-minded head coach. So you have to basically, you know, like what voice are you bringing in to Josh Allen that he's going to listen to? Yeah. No, the Bills, if they trend this way and they miss the playoffs in the AFC, I'm scared to find out what happens there. because Oh, sorry, it's Joe Brady. So weirdly, oh, that's right. That's right. a Joe former Brady's Giants in. coach, Joe Brady. Yeah, hasn't had a lot of recent success, but he's got a history there. So Joe Brady, we'll see. Um, I yeah, I'm interested because the Bills, you know, they're opening the new stadium, everything else, and they thought they're trending up, but this, the I think the defensive injuries, Milano stuff like that. They talked about how big those were going to be, and they've obviously been very big lately. So it's scary here for Buffalo. Okay, we are at, oh, Vikings at Broncos, Sunday Night Football. Um, like I said, uh, did not think this would be a game that the NFL would be touting, but now all of a sudden this is the game between both teams that have the longest win streaks on each conference. Crazy. Yeah, I know. Vikings five-game win streak, Broncos three-game win streak. Those are the highest for NFC and AFC alike. Dan, who do you like in this one? Listen, I, I'm not going to speak ill of any scolders out here. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I got to take the Vikings, man. I Once again, the Broncos didn't really impress me in this game. I was almost just like confused as to what the fuck the Bills were doing. None of it felt like the Broncos, with the exception of playing a defensive game plan centered around fucking Josh Allen up. Um, but their offense didn't look particularly impressive. If it wasn't for that crazy-ass Cortland Sutton touchdown, I don't know if they even win this game. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm going to have to take the Vikings, who look like a more complete team defensively and offensively. Yeah, I mean, the Denver Broncos are surprising me of late. They certainly are, and here they are at home. Um, it's uh, it's not my favorite head coach there, and, and uh, Sean Payton. He's not my <laughs> favorite guy. Um, the Vikings are getting a little healthier uh, we don't have to start Sean Mannion as backup quarterback. Uh, uh, Hall is off of uh, concussion protocol, so he'll be back. It looks like KJ Osborne's going to come off himself, so we got another weapon for mm-hmm. Dobbs. And um, I'm hoping that uh, Hawkinson can heal up those ribs. My God, I, I so I gave him crap early in the year about dropping passes, and he did, but he has shored him up. 
And I think he, you looked him suffering through that game where there were a couple of times where he was getting knocked down and bruised ribs coming in. No way they got any better after that game. So uh, a lot of credit to Hawkinson. I'm taking the Vikings as well. Um, There's rumors that Jefferson is ramping up for this one. I don't think he's back this week, probably the next, but who knows? Primetime Sunday night game. Maybe he really wants to get in there. Uh, I'd give him some time. I, I yeah, there's as no, much time as you need till that thing's healthy. I agree. There's no reason to rush him in for this one. Um, all right, we've got the Jets losing to the Raiders in Vegas, twelve to sixteen. This is the one Dan got. This settles mm-hmm. us again. Nice there at even. Uh, even we're, Stevens. We're playing like Jameis, um, <laughs> balancing it all out. Uh, Zach Wilson, rough game, one interception, and the Jets kick four field goals to try to keep going in this one. O'Connell gets a touchdown late in that one to uh, Meyer. Was he an elite? The uh, the tight end, Meyer? yeah, Michael uh, Meyer. No, he was not an elite. Okay, we didn't. He was one. our top he rated was the top but, uh, tight end. Yeah, yeah. Which, uh, what do you think about that one? Because we got a couple of good tight ends now. We do. I mean, I Michael Meyer has been Kincaid, Laporta. Uh, yeah, there's been some good ones. Um, we we had positive things to say about the tight ends in this class. Yeah, this is going to be um, a great tight end class, I think, when we look back. Yeah, it's been really good. I, I think it's amazing how, like, the Raiders have won two in a row. Yeah, and under you can the just interim. See, like, and without, like, you know, it's not Jimmy Garoppolo starting. It's a fucking, you know, rookie. Um, it's It's so fucking embarrassing how bad Josh McDaniels is. Like, it's so fucking embarrassing that that same team, uh, Antonio Pierce almost called it out. He's like, well, we got Devontae Adams. I, I'm not, not a fucking idiot. I'm going to throw it to Devontae yeah. Adams, yeah. Uh, which is basically saying, Josh McDaniels, you're a fucking idiot. You came in here, you had one of the best wide receivers in the NFL, and you didn't design the fucking game plan around him. Let Josh Jacobs run and throw it to Devontae. Shit's not that hard. Aiden O'Connell's figuring it out. The Raiders, yeah, I... I'm not ready to uh, to to crown the Raiders. They got they oh, got no. to play two home games against New York <laughs> the last two weeks, so they got luckier and who this guy's matched up against. Um, because yeah, I'm looking at this one and and I do believe yeah O'Connell played good game and the defense played well, but then I'm like yeah, I just think the Jets are just hapless on offense, so it doesn't take that much. So um, that's the unfortunate thing going on with. Both the New York teams. It's how bad their offense is playing. This game's nine all into the fourth quarter. Nine all, and then the uh, the only touchdown to Mayer got that uh, the lead up for the the Raiders. The Jets still tried to make the comeback, but not enough. Um, so congrats, Dan. You did see that one coming. Hey, you know, uh, I just found out that the Jets were terrible and uh, picked I, accordingly. I, I, needed to, I need to understand that the Jets are terrible. You, just, you needed a reminder every once in a while when you start to believe in the Jets. Quick answer, don't. Don't. Don't do it. Uh, speaking of, New York Jets at Buffalo Bills this week, Dan. Um, I think I know, but uh, go ahead and pick it. I got to take Buffalo. If it's not a get-right game for Buffalo, Buffalo is in major fucking trouble. No kidding. Um, a divisional game, but at least Buffalo's at home against a, a a rival they should know very well. So, yeah, I'm taking the Bills against a Jets team that just has no offense. Um, and then the last game we – oh, no, first of all, to Raiders at Dolphins. The Dolphins were coming off a of bye week, so we can talk about that one. Um, the Raiders off of this two-game win streak. Do they keep it going, Dan, in Miami? 
Absolutely not. Um, <laughs> yeah, if if Miami's coming off a bye week, getting healthy against a Raiders team that is at best a middling team, the Dolphins absolutely need to win this game, though. The Raiders don't. The Raiders, you know, if the Raiders get seven wins this year, seven or eight wins, they'd be ecstatic. Yeah, I don't know. The Dolphins might fall us backwards into winning that division, but uh, they uh, these are the games they win home games against middling teams like the Raiders. Yeah, this is the games they win. So I like the Dolphins as well. I don't think we're picking any different this week, Dan. Um, anyways, doesn't worry. Are we not? Well, we haven't Have yet. Have we been down the middle? Yeah, we haven't yet, and it doesn't Oof. doesn't bother me too much because this is the the week that, that's lined up, unfortunately. Yeah, you're not picking Chicago over Detroit, I don't think. So let's uh, let's finish it there. Uh, the the game that started it all this weekend, the Panthers losing to the Bears in Chicago. 13-16, to 16, we both picked it. The Panthers kept it tight. They had a lead at halftime, 10-9. to 9. Ooh. Um, Bears. Fancy boys <laughs> with a lead. Uh, this thing was a chance there, so that's why it's not in the two-minute, no offense. Um, the Panthers try a 59-yard field goal there instead of the fourth and 10. Um hindsight and everything uh, like it but uh, at no, the time foresight. i was yes at the time i was saying that was probably not the right way to go with pinero <laughs> you you can tell that it's a bad call when at the end of the game when pinero missed it he's like what the fuck you want me to do <laughs> yes that was the look like i told he's you like, it's a fucking 59 yarder i've never made a fucking 59 uh, yarder he's like i'm eddie pinero <laughs> i'm good from inside 40 you know, I think yeah, but yeah. Eddie, what was Eddie Pinero's like long? I think it's probably like what fifty two. I don't. It was not anywhere near fifty nine. Um, the Panthers had a touchdown with the Smith Marset punt return. Uh, that's a guy the Vikings drafted. Bears had on their team for a a, a moment there too last year. Yep. So that's interesting there. But uh, otherwise, yeah, Santos made all his three. Pinero missed his fifty nine yarder, and that's why we. Uh, have the Bears winning, uh, beating the Pinero's Panthers. career long, uh, 54. Yeah, okay. So I'm not sure what Reich was doing, if that was the call there. but Just an additional 15 feet of distance <laughs> that Eddie Pinero is somehow going to make you. Uh, yeah, and fuck that shit. Obvious that wasn't happening with that kick. Um, okay, so that's the game from last Thursday. I'm sure you all remember it. Let's talk about the the last two to pick. The uh, Chicago Bears at Detroit. Justin Fields to return. I'm hearing, Dan. You already uh, well. He says say. the th- the thumb still has a lot of healing to do. Mm. Um, Detroit. Oh my goodness, they want to eat some kneecaps. This is a division game of a Detroit team that plays fucking hard, and this is a Bears team that does not play hard. I would be shocked to see the Bears win this fucking thing. I don't care who's starting uh, for the Chicago Bears. Uh, I'm I'm going Detroit all the way. Yeah, I'm going the Lions as well. I think Fields is supposed to be playing this one, but it doesn't doesn't matter. Uh, and then your Cowboys, Dan. I'm, I'm giving you the last of this these games here. Uh, they're going to Carolina. They're playing the Panthers. There's been a couple of weird weeks um, for the Cowboys where, for some reason, Micah Parsons has not like destroyed games. Mm-hmm. Like you know. He's getting sacks, he's getting stats, he's getting pressures, but he's not, like, fucking people's lives up like he normally does. Um, so what was it this this week? What did he have? You're worried you guys are going to look past him for the Thanksgiving game against the Commanders the following week? And 
Oh, no, not a chance. <laughs> I think what he's going to do is he's going to say, hey, listen, I need to feast today. I need to get all of these fucking sacks. I need to build myself a defense player of the year case against Bryce Young, who won't even be able to see him coming because uh, he's going to get lower than the offensive line. So, yeah, I, I have to take uh, these Cowboys. I would take these Cowboys if they play this thing and the Cowboys were required to play it with no shoes. <laughs> I would take the Cowboys. <laughs> yeah. I'm going Cowboys too. Okay, so this is the reason why we have no picks different this week and we will remain tied for the, at least the third week in a row. Last week we were all at 85. This week we're at 94, correct? Um, mm-hmm. I'm looking here at like ESPN's picking thing. I, I do my own picks through there too. And other than the – okay, so the Ravens are a 70% pick right now on Thursday night. Cleveland's dropped down to about a 69%, but everybody else is in the 90s with the Lions beating over the Bears. Well, actually, the Chargers right now are 88%. This is just percentage of fans picking them. Um, Everybody's in the 90s. Uh, The Vikings are not. They're at 73 over the Broncos right now. And then that Monday nighter is like a 49-51 split right now for Kansas City. So I was thinking that was the only one that maybe we picked opposite. But then I was like, no, Dan's not picking the Eagles. <laughs> not a fucking chance. So, yeah, we will remain tied for another week. But uh, we're at that point where there's no reason to take a jump at each other when uh, when we think this is how it's going to lay out. And this is what we believe. Will we be 100% correct? Probably not. So we'll see which ones are the upsets. I'm hoping it's not this in is, Denver. <laughs> this week is the equivalent of us taking a knee before uh, the end of the first half. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just just to like it's not a surrender. Get it's ready just, for Thanksgiving, that's all. Yeah, we're getting ready. That's next week. All right. Um, so which, th- by the way, shocked me. Somebody recently was like, oh, yeah, do you mind doing something next week? I know it's a short week. I was like, what are you talking about? I know, kidding, yeah. They're like, oh, next week's Thanksgiving. I was like, fuck you, not a chance. Really? <laughs> Thanksgiving, like, really? they like to move that stuff around on us, though. Sometimes it's yeah. early, sometimes sneaky. it's late. Real sneaky. Yeah, it's a sneaky one. But um, it's a it's a holiday for football fans, so we're going to love the it. Best. Yeah. Um, it's the second best football holiday. I will say that. The second it, best? The number one football holiday is Super Bowl. Oh, to count that as Which, a ho- yeah, holiday. Listen, yeah. Super Bowl Monday should be a national holiday. Yep. I say it. If I'm elected to any high office, I'm going to suggest it. Immediately be like, hey, let's make that a federal holiday. Let's move the fuck let's on. Get this thing fixed. Uh, yep. But yeah, this it is absolutely the second best football holiday is Thanksgiving. Three, they got fucking three games on Thanksgiving now. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. Um, they're not, you know, they don't look great right now, but you never know with these Thursday ones. We'll talk about them next week, you guys. So come back next week. We'll catch you up on the week eleven. Get you ready. Ooh, catch you up like a turkey. Oh, I meant I meant catch you up, but yep. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, You're I'm, just thinking thinking that golden brown turkey skin. No, my, my mouth's just getting tired. Uh, but here we go, Dan. Uh, I just got some crazy stats. I had some quizzes oh, yeah. stuff, but you would have blown that out of the water. So here we go, some crazy stats. Uh, in the last calendar year, Chicago Bears are 2-7 and seven at Soldier Field. All those wins, though, are by Bajent and all losses by Fields. <sighs> Justin. So. Fix your life. Uh, he doesn't get to do it this week because they're going to Detroit. But yeah, that, that's just a you know crazy stat. Um, we talked about the Steelers. They are now outgained in every game this season. They Insane. still have that negative twenty six point differential now and are six and three. Stunning. Something has to change. I don't. Whatever magic Mike Tomlin's doing, please make it stop. Yeah, that's nuts. Um, I've got here that. Uh, 
CJ Stroud now is leading in passing yards per game in the NFL. Wow. Um, total passing yards is led by Sam Howell. So the young wow. the young guns are here now, I guess, maybe. Just throwing, CJ, just slanging that shit. CJ Stroud, back-to-back games with passing yards of 335 yards or more. Trevor Lawrence has thrown that much just once in his short so far, forty-three game career. Listen, they were both our top-ranked quarterbacks coming out in their respective drafts, but I think we were higher on C.J. Stroud. Mm. Uh, we're like, hey, we actually think this guy's pretty fucking good. Whereas Trevor Lawrence, we were picking on him. That's true. Um, Lawrence was yeah. Uh, neither one of them elites, though. Surprising. Um, Justin Herbert has lost six games in his career where his team has scored thirty points or more. Oh, my God. That's just bad defense. That's just an unfortunate God. situation for Justin Herbert. And since 2018, a couple more. Since 2018, yeah. oh, no, this is the last one because I already did the one with the game-winning field goal. Since 2018, New York teams are combined 4-30 and 30 in night games. Wow. So it's not it's not it's fun terrible. to play a, a night game in New York or any even play in – Night game anywhere as a New York team right now. Well, it's the city that never sleeps, so they're just it's their circadian rhythms are all fucked yeah, up. Yeah, they just didn't didn't catch on. Probably should get some sleep, New York. All right, those are the crazy stats. That's the games and the week that was to lead us into the week that will be. Uh, but before we go, Dan, please leave us with some parting words of wisdom. Check all your joints. Uh, check your knees. Check your ankles. Check for clicks. Um, and if you find something and there's a problem, contact your employer, let them know that you're going to take the rest of the year off to fix it. And you expect to be cashing all those checks for the remainder of your time because, uh, you know, Deshaun, Deshaun's a role model and, uh, he's living life the way we should, uh, high on the hog, spending lots of money, not working very hard. Yeah. You know, the boss, he's, he's just sitting on piles and piles of money laughing at us doubloons gold uh thank you guys so much for joining us another episode of the push off podcast where every week we're telling you better ways to spend your money (laughs) i'm scott we'll talk to you next week enjoy the football goodbye